0: This is episode number 666 of the Inner Fight Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the Inner Fight Podcast. Thank you so much for downloading and listening to this show. Whether no you're in your car, running, or just sat at home, getting ready for a good story, I have one here for you, ladies and gentlemen. Don't worry about that. Big shout out to our show sponsors, Smith Street Paleo. Also, the various things that I've been making you guys aware of here at Inner Fight. I'll run through them quickly so you're kept up to date. Start to run program if you are trying to get off the couch. This is not super hard. It is super supportive from Rob Jones and it'll get you moving. Give him a shout, RJ Ladies only run club with Steph. If you want to run in a group, have a support group. They meet twice a week and she gives you loads of other stuff that you can or don't have to do at home. SHinnafight.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com And as I have been saying, if this all makes you tired and you just want to zen out a little bit and you want to work inwards and outwards, then you need to hop over to the yoga or up to the yoga studio, should I say, with Claire and the other yoga teachers. And also, don't worry, you can bring your kids. There is family yoga, kids yoga, all sorts of stuff going on. (laughs) Finally, the 10-week transformation challenge is underway as this show gets released. If you've missed a boat, give Boz a shout. CBNFLFight.com, she might be able to squeeze you in. I'm pretty sure it's almost full. Don't be put off. If you're here in the UAE, this one is for you. And as I said, or have said in other shows, if you're not here in the UAE, sorry about that. But these things are important to the people in our community. And if you do ever come over, then your class. First one, at least one. Maybe two of you would be nice to me is on me for any of these. Ladies and gentlemen, today I bring you a young, special guy who we have just started working with recently to try and support his dreams. He is from Adelaide, Australia. His name is Jacko Laycock. He's a 21-year-old ultra-marathon trail runner. He, as he says in this show, has had to change his friends, change his habits, but he realizes that ultra-running is something he really wants to do. Those of you that have had exposure to the ultra running or the endurance community would know that it is mainly populated by shall we say the older generation rather than those of 25 years and below. So I thought it would be super interesting to get Jacko on the show, hear his story, get a few insights and basically just have a natter. So that's what we do. Ladies and gentlemen, here is Jacko Laycock. Welcome back to another episode of the show, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, as I was saying there, probably one of the youngest guests we've had on the show all the way from Adelaide, Australia, Jacko O'Laycott, 21 years old. Welcome to the show, buddy. How are you? Not bad. It's good to well, be here. How are you going? Yeah, good, mate. Very good. Listen, mate, you are. I, I genuinely think you are one of the youngest people we've ever had on the show, so congratulations for, um, for taking that accolade straight out the box. But, mate, tell us a little bit about yourself. Where you are, where you're from, what's going on?
1: Um, So pretty well, just grew up in Adelaide, Australia, born here. Um, Obviously, when I started out pretty young, I got two uh, older brother and then a younger brother as well. And we're all into sports growing up, playing cricket, footy, soccer, whatever it was, we were doing it. Um, And my mum was right into running as a kid as well. So we kind of got thrown into the deep end pushed into Little Athletics, which is here in SA. And yeah, every weekend you go out and compete. Just racing whatever it's like eight hundred meters or you're doing the hurdles, you just do every event you do. Yeah. And yeah, that's about it to start with.
0: (laughs) So sport from a from a young age, mate, was I guess you could say something that's a a big part of your family life, right?
1: Yeah, pretty well. yep So mum and dad obviously played sport their whole life. Um and it's just transitioned into us, so it's in the genes, I guess.
0: <laughs> did that inspire you, mate? Like when, uh, when your parents were out, you know, playing sport or up playing sport early in the morning, like as kids, do you have any memories maybe early on that you're like, wow, I want to be like dad or like mom? And how did that go?
1: Um, not so much when I was a younger kid. I think they sort of dropped off as we started to grow up because they were following us each weekend to, you know, right. they're going to three different games for a Saturday, so it's pretty full on for them. Um, so they weren't really doing sports as much when we were growing up, but yeah. you know they're always telling us stories about when they were back out running and playing soccer and all that sort of stuff.
0: Does <laughs> that inspire you, mate?
1: Yeah, yeah, it does. Knowing that mum was a runner as well, and that's probably where I've got my long distance from. That's yeah. that's obviously like triggered me a bit to get out there, and you know I've got a hidden talent, I guess. What in distance, running
0: What there. distance did your mum run?
1: Uh, she was always an 800 meter runner.
0: Wow. So she
1: showed off a bit with that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And was it like you say you played all sports, mate, when you were younger, what, what was there a sport that was more interesting or you felt better at, or was it straight up running from the start?
1: Um, it was straight up running. So I was the same as mum. I was an 800 meter runner from the get go. Right. And yeah, I was actually – that was where I was – that's where my talent was. Like, I could sprint. I could do everything. But the long-distance stuff, that's where it started. Even though 800 is not that long. But when you're yeah. six, seven years old, it's pretty far.
0: <laughs> it's pretty long, mate. And did you carry on running 800 at athletics throughout school, did you? Or did it start? I did,
1: play? yeah. So, I started to compete in SAPSaza, which is a competition, like, schools v. schools. Right. And I actually won the first 800 – it was at Mercedes College. I came first in that 800 as a, as a bit of a shock. Right. And then the following year, it was at our home school at Scotch. And I ended up winning that again. And then lucky enough to go to Santos to compete, which was the next stage. Um, I didn't do too well there. There were a lot, lot better runners coming out at that time.
0: Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was
1: sort of like leading up to, to where I am now.
0: That's where it really started. So, mate, you start off and, and you're winning these races, but then you get to a decent level and without sounding harsh, you don't win. How do you react to that? Like, how did that, as a youngster, how did that sit with you? Um,
1: I guess growing up, you sort of, like, think you're a bit invincible. And, you know, if you, if you win something, it kind of, like, gets you going a bit and then you yeah. get kicked down. And you kind of, I, I jumped to a completely different sport pretty well after that. I ended up playing soccer for, for 10 years. So I was still running on the side, but not taking it seriously. Yeah. Yeah. So then soccer came into my life and I was doing that with my younger brother and we did that for 10 years straight, just smashing that out.
0: Wow. And did you play at a decent level?
1: Yeah. So I played for a club called Cumberland for four years and then moved to a, a club called Adelaide City. And played there. And then the coach moved the year later. So we followed him out to West Adelaide and we we're playing under 18, A grade there. So, Wow. Yeah.
0: Wow. So you're right, decent at running, then decent at soccer. And now, now you've turned your focus back to running. Why is that?
1: Yeah. Um, I actually switched from soccer to football. So AFL, yep. as we call it here. Um, so I switched to that when I was in year 11. So just when I turned 17. Yeah. Um, and yeah, started playing that for for two years straight, and then running's a huge part of AFL. Like, if you're not a good runner, then it's not really the sport for the,
0: Isn't there like crazy stats, mate, on like how many Ks those guys will run during a like during an AFL game?
1: Yeah, so the elite guys will do anywhere from twelve. I think the most that's been run is seventeen Ks in a game, or roughly wow. sixteen to seventeen. Yeah. So you can put out some huge efforts on the field.
0: <laughs> yeah, right. And, and, mate, a little bit of perspective on that game. I don't know. Like, I, I try and describe it to some people. Obviously, I lived a little bit down in, in, in Australia. went to a few games. And it's, it's like a, a weird mix of, like, rugby, basketball, running, all put together. But it's an incredibly physical game as well, right? Yeah. Yeah,
1: that's it. Yeah. No pads or anything. Not like the NFL or any of that. It's straight up smashing each other pretty well. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and what, mate, with again what made you jump into that
1: uh my younger brother actually switched from soccer to footy first and then the year later well i was watched him for one year and i was like yeah it seems all right so i might as well jump over and follow him and then turns out i was naturally pretty good at that as well wasn't anywhere near like some of the best blokes but just still naturally good at footy as well
0: yeah what do you think it was mate that i mean everything you sort of turn your hand to here you you're it, you seem pretty decent out. what. What was it, mate, that was making you better than others?
1: Um, I think it was mainly genetics. I was just, I think I was just gifted, like a bit of ambidextrous going on. Right. Um, was pretty good. Like in, for example, for golf, tennis, baseball, I swing left-handed, double hand, but any other sport is right hand. Wow. So I'm a bit, a bit backwards with all that sort of stuff. But all right. Yeah, I think just a natural gift. For all-round sports I reckon.
0: Talk to us a little bit about work ethic mate because being gifted having a little bit of talent gets you so far but yeah. talk to us about your work ethic because I think that's interesting.
1: Um, yeah well I actually get my work ethic from, from work so I've been lucky enough to be paired with a young fellow at work um, who's pretty well shown me whether he's deliberately showed me I'm pretty sure he has but Every day, back to back for three years now, I've been stuck with him. And work ethic, he's the work ethic king. Right? Yeah. And if, you, if you're with someone long enough like that, it just gets engraved in your brain. And that's all you do. All you know is just like working hard. And then I could transfer working hard at work to then taking that into my running. And then running just becomes working hard situation as well.
0: Give us a little bit of context around that, mate. What is working hard at work for you? Just so people understand it a little bit. Um, so
1: basically, as a carpenter, uh, <laughs> there's a big, big range of work. So you've got fur sticks as well, which is a very physical job. So you're always like grinding all day, lifting heavy timber, you know, always moving. You rack up. I think on my watch, I was doing about fifteen thousand steps just in an eight-hour wow. day. So, wow, yeah, you get a lot of steps in. Um, and yeah, just paying attention to detail and quality work—that's where all your work ethic comes in. Like you could be a like you can grind all day, work as hard as you want, but if you're going to do it the wrong way, there's yeah. no point in doing it.
0: Yeah, yeah. So that takes obviously, mate, a lot of not only physical. Exertion, but also in a game like yours in in carpentry you you're building things like there's that attention to detail, that mental side as well that that's a huge yeah. part of it
1: yeah that's it yeah you've got to be switched on the whole time, like you're dealing with machinery as well so.
0: Yeah, so how do you stay it's focused? If you're not careful. <laughs> yeah, you sort of end up losing limbs <laughs> and stuff, it's not that great. So how yeah. how do you stay focused the whole time, mate? And like if we sort of create a scenario that's like maybe you start work at six AM and it's four, 4 PM in the afternoon, you've been there the whole day, you're dealing with a with, with a big dangerous machine, or you're building something that really, you know, let's take a simple example, the joint has to fit together like flush. Mm. Like, yep. the last thing you want to do, mate, is be mentally focused. Like, how, how do you flick that switch?
1: Um, I guess mainly I just try and focus on the task in front of me. So, if I'm looking at a job, I don't want to get overwhelmed by everything going on because otherwise you're pretty well lost straight off the bat. Yeah. So, you just got to pay attention to the smaller, smaller details to start with and then work your way through and before you know it, then, then you've done it.
0: And you've done it, mate. Well, let's That's move <laughs> dig a little bit deeper into. Into your running, mate. I mean, that's how, that's how kind of we know each other. And, and you know, we're happy to, to pretty much announce on the show that we, we're going to be supporting you through, through your running journey. You're going to be running in our colors as, as Step 1, which you'll be the, one of the first people that we've had do that. We've had a few athletes under endurance before that we sort of supported through and, and, and been proud to race in our colors. So talk to us a little bit about your journey in Ultra.
1: In ultra, right. So, to start out, the first race that I ran would have been the start of 2019. I did a race called Five Peaks SA in Australia. So, Five Peaks Through the Hills. Um, It's a 60K, a 50K, 58K race, sorry. Um, And I was doing smaller races the year before, like 12Ks, 15Ks max. Yeah, and then yeah, something just clicked. I was watching some videos on YouTube on these crazy ultra runners like Courtney Dewalter <laughs> doing like two hundred mile races, and I was like, "Oh, don't know if we got anything like that in in Adelaide." But this sixty k race came up, and I was like, "I might as well join in and jumped into it." Um, but yeah, it's an interesting one. The first one because you don't really know what you're getting into, like, and if I had no idea what the ultra world was about, like. Just a rookie going in, like wrong gear, wrong food, wrong nutrition, wrong everything, yeah. and then just battled it out for the, the full day.
0: <laughs> right. I mean, because, mate, one thing I want to jump into sh- straight away is that there are not many ultra runners of your age. You're, you're very young, and, and I think it's fair to say, mate, not many people at 21 are thinking, what's next from team sport? Oh, I'll go and run ultra. Like a lot of them, sadly, are thinking, oh, I'll play more video games or I'll, I'll, I'll go to the pub. So what was it in your mind that, that like, apart from seeing Courtney DeWalt doing crazy things, like what, what really resonated with you, mate? What really clicked that you're like, I want to do that?
1: Um, I guess I never, I never really started going out. You know, the younger age people go out drinking, going to parties every weekend. That never really like, sat with me um I just never got involved with it really so right. I didn't start drinking and I had all this spare time and everyone all your mates on a Sunday morning when they're all hungover, you've got nothing to do because <laughs> they're not going to go out obviously they don't wake up till 12 so yeah. I just went out by myself and started running um and yeah just I don't there's something about the ultra sport that just clicks with certain people I think and you either hate it or you love it um and yeah with me it just sat with me really well and kept going and going and going.
0: (laughs) We hear a lot about peer pressure, mate, and what, especially at younger ages and, and mate, it continues for the whole life. Like a lot of people go through the whole life. They say, our kids are worried about what their peers think about them. I think it's also true that like 50 year olds are also a lot worried about what their peers think about them. But what were your, you, you created a really nice sort of situation there that all your mates are going out. They're not waking up till midday on a Sunday and that's when you're out running. I imagine that your, this habit must have been met with some sort of resistance from people. Like your mates probably going like, mate, what are you doing? Thinking like, you're crazy. Yeah. 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 So what, 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 what was the reaction, mate? Um, well, obviously you
1: get picked on a fair bit to start with, like not drinking, not going out to parties. So how did you, you get a bit isolated? That? To start. Um, I kind of just ignored it. Like, I didn't really care. It was my choice. A lot of people accepted it. Some people didn't. Then those people didn't really matter to me that much. Um, but yeah, you could, when when they're in bed till 12 in the, in the morning and you're out yeah. smashing out runs, you're one up on everyone to start with. Love it. And I can kind of, you can kind of sit with that for the full week then. Like I was one up on everyone to start with. I can continue it for the whole week.
0: Yeah, right. Did you lose friends
1: because of that? Uh, a couple, but it's not... Yeah, if if they're gonna be like that over a simple thing, then they shouldn't really be your friends to start with.
0: <laughs> Agreed, mate. Agreed, and mate, full respect for that because I think a lot of people stay with friendships or in relationships because of the wrong reasons, and you're just like, no, I want to run, and yeah, some friendships, I'll, I'll lose some friendships. So, mate, yeah. at, at a young age, that's a incredible. Incredible mindset, mate. So, mm. very
1: And well, great. I saw my goals to start with like from the get-go. And I was like, if I can nail this part of my life for the next two to three years, yeah. it's just going to set me up for those 10 years coming.
0: Mate, absolutely. It's beautiful. Mm. Mate. It really is. So you enter this race in 2019. You're 19 or 20 years old, mate. It's a 58K race. What I want to ask you for... I've got a lot of questions around this particular race, to be honest, mate. But what I want to start... Yeah. With is, you obviously at that age like even now I sometimes seek permission from my parents you obviously said to mum and dad like guys I want to enter this race did you and what was their reaction
1: uh so straight up mum was like you're crazy like why would you want to do something like that <laughs> but then I brought to her attention the the first reason that I wanted to do it was just for myself just to show that I could do something like pretty outstanding yeah. Um, and the second reason was because my mum's mother, so my grandma, she has Parkinson's disease, which is Got it. shocking. Like it yeah, takes your soul away pretty well. Um, yeah. wow. And so I started to raise money for that race for Parkinson's disease. So I wow. set up a big online profile for it, ended up raising $1,000 towards it. So wow. yeah, mum and dad were right behind it from the get go. I had family and friends that were behind me the whole way. So That's yeah, funny. it was a big backing stage for the the race
0: that's very cool how far out from the race did you decide you were going to do it like how much prep time did you have
1: uh, i gave myself two months two and a half months yeah
0: <laughs> which folks is not super long but never mind yeah. we'll continue so yeah. <laughs> talk to us a little bit about how you put the training together mate like did you just keep on watching stuff online and just go running or how did you go about it
1: uh, well, I joined a social club called Trail Running SA, which is just every Tuesday night, they go out for a 12K run through the hills, and then every now and then they do a, a bigger race. They run the whole event, so getting involved with those people was pretty important from the start, so that I knew what I was getting into, Yeah. Um, and just talking to as many people as you can, like trying to get information on the race from previous people that have done it, getting advice for what I should be doing for training, but... As much advice as I got, I never paid attention to it from the start. Everyone was telling me, should be running like 30K like, training runs, 35K just to get the Ks and the legs. Yeah. And I was sitting back, sitting back, just like laughing, like, oh, I'm a young kid. I can do what I want. And I was doing really? 10K runs. I think I maxed out my biggest training run was a 15K run. So, wow. It was nothing. I was still doing roughly 60 to 70 Ks a week. Yeah.
0: But all short stuff. Yeah. And tell me you paid for that royally in that race.
1: Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> told- as well as the advice, I got, I got told to take it easy at the start and yeah. save yourself for the last 20Ks when it counts. And um, I burnt myself out in the first 25Ks. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Did you literally get to 25Ks and go, what am I doing here?
1: Yeah, well, the first part of the race is all hills, so it's up and down, steep downhills, and everyone was going slow. I was like, what's going on here? Like, I'll be in the lead by no time. Yeah. So I just took off, was going flat out, and then 20Ks, like, my right quad started cramping up and there was my left quad, and I was like, oh, no, this is not happening right now. Really? And having no idea about nutrition or anything to start with, I had no backup plan Yeah. If everything south, so I ended up having to battle out for, like, the next forty k is to get to the finish
0: <laughs> uh, what still, you, yeah, so that's, what nutrition did you take with you then um,
1: I had two Mars bars, oh, water, wow. and I was just grabbing like fruit from the aid stations every fifteen k so Incredible. nothing special, but <laughs> just so, a rookie move <laughs> yeah.
0: so where 's your head at mate twenty five k 's in your legs are shot, you realize you You've really gone about this in the wrong way. What are you thinking to yourself?
1: Um, what am I doing? <laughs> um, no, nah, I tried to keep in good spirits the whole day. So I was trying to just talk to as many people running through the race, just having a chat, just distracting myself the whole time pretty well. Um, and the more I could distract myself, the easier it got there. Like talk to someone for 10 minutes you know that's 2k's done and yeah you're closer and closer and the more people you talk to the easier it is yeah and getting to know people from the trail running SA community and you end up like catching up with them like throughout the course it's awesome and just yeah. seeing like all the the energy that they give you at the aid stations like just gets you going for that next little bit that's And so then tough. if you can just run from aid station to aid station like you're set that's about it
0: And you made it to the end, mate. You got over that 58k. What were you? Can you remember what you sort of thought when you crossed the line? Like, were there any initial, like, moments that you just like had really clear thoughts?
1: I remember when I got to 42k's. So I'd run the marathon. I'd never run a marathon before. I'd never run a half marathon before I'd done the race. Amazing. And I ran the marathon, and I was like, "All right, I'm now an ultra runner. Like, I've gone that that meter past the 42.2." I was like, "I've done it." Yeah, And then coming into Bel Air where you finish, my younger brother was standing about 300 meters before the finish line. Yeah, He's like, dude, you did it. And I was like, holy shit, I actually did it. Like I've made it here. And then, yeah, just sprinted across the line and that was it. Not a decent time, but yeah, Yeah. I was happy to finish.
0: Yeah. What was the response like? You said your brother was there. What was the response like from, from your family?
1: Oh, unreal. I had... A heap of family members there, my grandparents there, all my brothers, my parents were there. I had a couple of friends there as well. Um, Yeah, it was an awesome,
0: awesome involvement from everyone, really. When did you start thinking about the next race?
1: Um, (laughs) I get the same result every time I finish a race now. It's never running again. That was the worst pain I've ever been in. Yeah. And then, you know, like, that night, you're, like, looking for the next race online. Like, what can I do? <laughs> really? So it, was pretty well, it was pretty well that night. I was like, all right, what can I be doing next? Yeah.
0: Did you feel at any stage... Sorry to bang on about the age thing, mate, but I think it's quite important, and I think it's important on two levels. One, for our younger listeners, and also, secondly, for, for parents out there. Did you feel at any stage within that race that you would have probably been the youngest guy, right? Did you ever feel uncomfortable or that you didn't belong or something was going on weird
1: um at the starting line i did because there's a lot of yeah as you said there's a lot of older people like 30 35 plus that enter in these races yeah and i think there was i think there was 10 people all up that were around my age so from 20 to 25 there are about 10 people in the race but yeah you kind of feel a little lost like what am i doing in a sport where there's people that are almost 60, like, running yeah. next to me. And you go, like, what, what is this? Yeah. yeah. It's, but it's uh, funny, like, age group thing in ultra doesn't really matter, I don't think, because someone uh, who's 60 can, can be beating me. And yeah. that's, like, credit to them. Like, that's amazing that you can still do it at that age.
0: Absolutely, mate. And that's why it's, it's, it's super awesome. And that's why I'm, I'm happy to support you as much as we can, mate, because to see someone so young getting into a sport that – I think it's traditionally been for the older people, older generation. Like we generally see people 35, maybe 40, that are moving into ultras. And there is no reason for that because we can all play together. And you know that's one of the greatest things about a brand whose who's races I've done a, a few of, and, and we work closely with Ultra X, like they 're really targeting the the younger population, which is mm-hmm. you know, it, it's super awesome, mate. Have you managed to get any of your, any of your mates into Ultra since, since you started in 2019? Nah, no, no, one that
1: I, no one that I've previously been friends with has wanted to do an ultra.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but you've obviously Without made marathon, new yeah. friends that are close to your age who do run as yeah. well, right? Yeah.
1: yeah, so a lot of the guys that come out to the, the running groups, like we've got do as well, they run on Thursday nights and there's heaps of people out there my age as well. Yeah, it's a full mix, full mix of everyone.
0: So, mate, what was your next race then? Let's talk about that. Um... So,
1: after I finished five peaks, it was the start of footy season. So, the next weekend, I played footy. Yeah. Um, and then for – this is crazy. I actually can't believe I managed to pull this off. But for eight weeks in a row, I played footy on a fr- on a Saturday morning. Yeah. And then the next day, so Sunday, I ran a half marathon or a 25K race. Wow. So, I did that for eight weeks. Eight weeks in a row, that was. Wow yeah throughout that period of the footy season is pretty well when they run all the all the um running all the races go on right um every sunday so i just entered into everything i could and then managed to play every saturday footy and whether i got a corky or not i was out the next day
0: racing (laughs) corky how good i haven't heard that phrase for a while mate explain (laughs) to people what a corky is
1: Oh, just a knee driven straight into your leg.
0: <laughs> That's right as good as the, it is. the meat of the quad, isn't it? It's like right yeah. right in there. <laughs> Brilliant. Dead
1: leg for a few hours.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah, mate. That's uh bringing back some memories, that one. So literally, mate, you, you you were still playing, but you're you've overnight become addicted to, to running as fast as yeah. you can for long distances. What's mm. going on in your head, mate? Because if it's me, um, I'm all in. I'm, I'm, I'm Google. I'm YouTubing it. I'm following people on Instagram. I'm literally obsessed. I'm listening to podcasts. I'm learning. I'm researching. Yep. And you seem exactly the same as that.
1: It is. It is exactly the same. You try and follow as many people. As, and that's how I come across you on Instagram as well. Like yeah. you just follow as many as you can, see what's going on. All the amazing like YouTube documentaries that people put out of like breaking the Appalachian Trail record, all that sort of stuff. It gets you it gets you going for like your next race as well. Like what can I be
0: doing? Uh, it's big. Yeah. Did it do you sort of ever think, mate, like, okay, in five years I could be there and by the time I'm thirty or thirty-five, I'll be at a certain point? Or is it all just exciting right now?
1: Um I am definitely thinking further ahead like utmb is definitely on the bucket list yeah coming up. yeah then obviously you got to qualify for a race like that and punch out a couple of hundred miles so yeah but yeah it's it's you can't really think too far ahead as well you got to think the next race coming up yeah. even like your next week of training what you're doing like to prepare yourself
0: yeah how how was your training during that eight week block by the way let's just hop back to that mate like yeah training <laughs> for these races as well so, Monday
1: was a big recovery day. So, it was just stretching, just resting as much as you can. Yeah. Um, Tuesday, just jump into footy training on Tuesday night, um, get that out of the way. Wednesday, I'd punch out a 15K run. Right. And then Thursday, back onto footy training. Friday, you do a little 5K, 6K run just to loosen up a bit. Yeah. And then, yeah, footy on Saturday and then race again sunday and all all trail racing as well yeah so none of the
0: none of the roads going on <laughs> None of the road stuff have you, do, you, do you think do you have any aspirations to to race on the road mate or you just want to run in the jungle
1: uh i'd like to but the further i go on the roads the more i tend to hate it and yeah. with trails you can get lost you can like take in the views you can just yeah. have more fun i think
0: yeah yeah it's um it, it's interesting mate because i think that's going to be a constant argument between road runners and, and trail runners and i don't yeah, mind that yes. i don't mind running with guys on the road but i'm with you mate to go sort of on off road and on trail get lost for a few hours and you know yeah. it's it's a very different sort of experience right than just going on yeah. a road
1: but then the road stuff—that's where you get your pace work in, I guess. Right. And yeah, yeah, you can really test yourself there. Yeah.
0: So, mate, I guess the start of this year, with with everything that's gone on, you, probably your goals and and your training have taken a. I mean, we rely on being able to move to travel, and these races obviously have people in it, so COVID restrictions are are pretty tough. How's that affected things for you, mate?
1: Um, for me, I could sort of take it a different way and I think a lot of other runners I saw even on Strava you see people testing themselves in different ways that you normally wouldn't if you had a race coming up yeah so I could go out and do like a 40k a 50k run without considering what my body's going to feel like in a week's time because I have no race coming up so right. I can go out and really do what you want just experiment a bit like how you normally wouldn't when you got races upcoming
0: coming. yeah so is that what you're doing sort of, did, you guys had some lockdowns there. I know in Melbourne, it's a little bit more aggressive than probably in Adelaide, but did, yeah. were you restricted to, to the movement that you had?
1: Uh, we had a slight restriction, but I could still go to work for the full time. I was lucky enough, like construction kept going. They didn't shut down at all. Yeah. So I could pretty well just go about my normal life just without going out and hanging out with people, I guess that was the, the main thing.
0: So mate, talk to us about how you mix your training with your apprenticeship that you're doing. Because obviously your apprenticeship is super important. Do you, yep. do you ever have days where you're like, Oh, I just want to be a I just want to be a runner. I just want to run. Yeah. Like I like this carpentry stuff, but you know, that'll come later. And how do you put all that together, mate?
1: Every day I think that. Doing work <laughs> and just, oh, I wish I was out running right now. <laughs> yeah. Especially when it's perfect weather and it's like twenty five degrees and you're
0: like, Oh, I can yeah. on the trail. Yeah, right. Yeah.
1: No, nah, got to do the four years. That's it. Um, but training, obviously, it's way harder because pretty well an eight-hour day of work is basically training. Yeah. And that's how I have to view it. It's physical. It's like hitting the gym for eight hours pretty well. Um, but, yeah, it's smash out an eight-hour day, come home, grab something to eat, get changed, out the door as quick as I can, and then on the trails for an hour, hour and a half.
0: Really? Yeah. But wow. then
1: my training does vary on what the day's work is so if it's a super physical day i probably won't run that night just depending on how i'm feeling um but yeah when i can if it's not a physical day or it's a pretty cruisy one then it's yeah out the door and smash a run
0: mate you spoke about utmb ultra trail Mont Blanc, probably being one of the pinnacles that that you'd aim for which is pretty amazing considering that's in france you're in australia talk to us about other big stuff that you've seen that you've been like I need, that's where I'm heading to. I need to race in, in those races.
1: Yeah. Um, a lot of the American ones would be like Western States, uh, Hard Rock 100 is a big one. Yeah. Um, but one of the big, it's not a race here in Australia, but we have the Hyson Trail, which ranges from the Flinders all the way down through Adelaide down to Cape Jarvis, which is 1,350 Ks. Wow. So that would be an awesome one to have an attempt at. I know the record holder from Adelaide, he's done it in, I think he did 12 and a half days. So he did 90 Ks a day.
0: Wow. Yeah. Wow. So it was pretty what sort of elevation is that, mate?
1: Um, well, through the Flinders, you'd at least be doing two, two and a half thousand to 3,000 a day. I'm pretty sure. Oh, wow. But then yeah. Adelaide, it probably evens out, flattens out a bit. And then, yeah, all the way down to Cape Jarvis. Yeah. Climbing
0: back again. <laughs> you obviously, mate, you did, the longest race you've done correct me if I'm wrong is was that first one 58k what's your thoughts on like super long like the one day races that are 100 milers 160k or multi-stage races how do you think you deal with things like sleep deprivation compounded fatigue all of this kind of stuff
1: um yeah it's interesting you talk about that because a lot of people view it as a mental a mental battle and um, I kind of tested myself this year as well. I had a, a back injury for a bit and I couldn't run for about a month and then came out of that and I did the Goggins Challenge by David Goggins four miles every four hours for 48 hours. Yeah. And that was a sh- that, that's a big mental battle. That's... Why? I don't really... I, yeah, I don't really view it as a physical battle just depending on how hard you run each six and a half K. Yeah. Um, but yeah, getting up at midnight and at 4 a.m. in the morning and trying to punch out six and a half Ks as quick as you can when it's freezing cold outside and you don't know what's going on. Um, And I didn't give myself any time. I tried to like get as much sleep as possible in between, in between runs. Right. Um, So I was waking up like five minutes before 4 a.m. and just getting my shoes on and just heading out the door and smashing it out in 25, half an hour and then coming back and jumping straight into bed and just getting four hours again. Yeah.
0: (laughs) But what, what, what was hard about it, mate? Because a lot of people are like, well, you only have to run, like you said, six and a half K every four hours. So that's even taking you 40 minutes. You're now getting like three and a half hours or three hours, 20 to relax. Like what makes that challenge particularly hard? Um, so the first like four runs, I think is pretty comfortable. Like
1: it's not, it's not straining your body. Your mind's still pretty clear, but I think as soon as you get to halfway, then you start thinking, oh, I've got to be up in two and a half hours, three and a half hours. Oh, yeah. Now I've got to run again. And then you start your body starts to slowly shut down. And I didn't really do the nutrition right. I was eating like plain pasta with tomato sauce just because I felt sick the whole time. Really? <laughs> I wasn't doing anything right there. Yeah, yeah. But managed it was all, it's just convincing yourself and committing, like, I've started, now I've got to finish. And if I don't finish, then I'm just going to have to do it again because
0: otherwise it, it won't sit with me right. So. Yeah. Yeah, once you he start it, you just gotta finish it. Do you take inspiration from people like Goggins, mate? Yeah,
1: yeah, hundred percent. I know a lot of people have like a second opinion on him thinking that no no one can stay that mentally strong for as long as he can, but yeah. He's just he's just shown like time and time again that it's possible. All you gotta do is just keep putting yourself in situations like the Goggins Challenge and yeah. testing your limits.
0: Yeah. It's uh, yeah, he's an interesting character, that's for sure.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's it.
0: <laughs> Who else, mate? You you mentioned obviously Connie Dewalter. Is there anyone else in in sort of running or trail world that that you look up to and you sort of like, yeah, you you like what they do?
1: Yeah, all the all the big names are pretty pretty good to follow. So you got like Killian Jornet, who's just amazing what he can do. Um, yeah, yeah, doing Everest two times in a week is pretty. Yeah, it's pretty, pretty insane. Um, yeah. Ryan Sands from South Africa, he's yeah. done some awesome things with Western States, and then we've got a local from Australia, Lucy Bartholomew. She yep. she won Cape Town as well, and she's won UTA a couple of times as well. So
0: yeah,
1: yeah, she's an she's a good one to look up to as well, actually, because she started. I think her first hundred K was when she was sixteen. So
0: right. I can
1: sort of relate to to starting at a young age with her and then working into it. Yeah.
0: Talk to us a little bit about the scene in Australia, mate, because it's obviously getting bigger. We now have, I think we have half a dozen clients down in Australia. There's a race. The Ultra Trail Brisbane is coming up in, oh, should know, next weekend or the weekend after. No, not this weekend. Anyway, it's very soon. I've got a few guys in. What? How is it sort of as a sport, ultra running growing down there?
1: Um, I don't think you can really tell until you're in the sport, right? So when I wasn't in the sport, you have no idea that these events are going on. Like you got no idea what's happening. But as soon as you're in the world, then you can sort of see. oh, more people are starting to join, like younger people are starting to join and the more and more that join, like more people get out there. And even I see now at the shorter distance races, people that aren't runners are just coming out just to have fun. Like go for a drive, like an hour drive to a race, go run in the bush. And then just chill out with friends. So, the more and more people that get involved that are my age, like obviously, it's just going to keep growing and growing. Yeah,
0: yeah, it's it it, it is very interesting, mate. Because I think a lot of the perception is, are oh, you going to go out and run like for five hours or for six hours? And it's like, yeah, yeah but we're yeah. not running full gas, like ninety percent of your heart rate max for that time. Yeah. We we're, we're actually enjoying nature. We'll stop. We'll take some pictures. We'll have a good time. We'll. You know, sit around and look at nature a little bit, and then go again. It's it's only, and even I think for a lot of people that are just doing this sort of for fun or some form of therapy, even races are similar to that. Like you see so many people in races just stopping and taking pictures and taking it all in. And to me, that's what a lot of it's about. And I guess the the landscape that you guys have down there in Australia is is pretty special to, to yeah. take pictures in. <laughs> to be yeah, unless it. you get eaten by something.
1: Yeah, <laughs> all the snakes and everything that's trying to follow you along. Yeah. Um, no, but I think the more fun that you can try and have during an ultra, the easier it is on you as well. So if you go out, I know a lot of people, like, sometimes you have to, you've got to go out and take the race as a race and then you head down the whole time just trying to smash it out. But if you can try and enjoy it, try and have as much fun as you can on the trails, then yeah. the race goes by like that and you want to do it again as well.
0: So, mate, wrapping up this year, is there going to be any more races in Australia? And where are you looking to? What's the big races or the big goals you've got for 2021?
1: So the next big race for me this year is the Heisen 105. So the Heisen Trail that I mentioned, yep. the full distance. Um, we're just doing the 105K. Uh, so that's October the 24th. So that's going ahead. everything... Yeah, that one's going ahead. We've actually got permission to have an extra 150 people. So I think it's 450 people entering in this race. Wow. So, that's... yeah, we'll take off in waves. Um, and, yeah, it should be that'll be a big one. That's the biggest one for the year, yeah.
0: And 2021, mate, anything, anything big lined up or are we just waiting to see how that pans out?
1: Um, yeah, I think still waiting at the moment. I think UTA 100 next year will probably be the go, but that's just depending on travel once again. Um, yeah. Because it's still going ahead this year, but then once I come back, I'll have to do two weeks isolation. So I can't really afford that at this stage. So hopefully next
0: year, that one's going to go ahead. Amazing. Mate, I think that's all, that's all I've got. I, I do have one question, mate, which I think you've listened to some of the shows and people that have done one question just to wrap it up, which is, mate, your journey's been short at the moment, but I think you've learned quite a lot. If you could sum up everything you've learned in one parting piece of advice for listeners, what would that piece of advice be?
1: Um, To just try and get out the door as much as you can, whether the weather's no good, whether the weather's perfect. If you can just get outside and just try and have as much fun as you can. Yeah. I think that's what it comes down to. Like pretty well the whole ultra world. We're all just trying to get outdoors, have fun, be with friends. And that's just about what it comes down to in the end.
0: Amazing. Mate, you're an absolute champion. Jacko, 21 years old from down there in Adelaide. Mate, thank you so much for, for for chatting to us. Inspiring for a lot of people, I guess, mate, and I'm sure you're inspiring a lot of the, the younger people around you. Although, yeah, your friends will keep drinking for a while, mate, but then they'll <laughs> they'll come running with you, mate. You'll, they'll They'll switch, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mate, we're looking forward to tracking your journey. We're looking forward to supporting it as much as we can. But, mate, really appreciate the time. Awesome. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it.